We can pray. We can stay. I can tell you all manner of everything 100% correct and accept the Spirit's here. It'll be for nothing. I realize that. I need your prayers tonight. Amos chapter 4, verse 4. Come to Bethel and transgress at Gilgal. Multiply transgressions and bring your sacrifices every morning in your tithes after three years. And offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven and proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord. And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities. Listen to what he's saying to them. I have also given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities, and one of bread in all your places. Yet ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And I have also withholden the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. And I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One, <clears throat> one piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained, uh, rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet they have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased. The palmer worm devoured them. Yet you have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with a sword and have taken away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up into your nostrils, yet you have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning, yet you have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore thus will I do to thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare. To meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains and createth the wind and declareth unto men what is his thought that maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. The Lord's been dealing with my heart just a little bit the last few days. Um... Just four words, prepare, to, five words I guess, prepare to meet thy God. Um, Amos was preaching to a people who God had, God had gave every opportunity. You know those Old Testament prophets, they, when, let me put it like this, when God called me to preach, I started out and, um, Started out with big ideas, and and I uh, never thought it'd be easier. But but you really expect, at least me, when God calls you, you you expect to preach and expect people to get saved and and, and people to rejoice and to shout. And and sometimes it don't happen like that. Uh, and and um, but those Old Testament prophets, they weren't under. Uh, they weren't under that kind of thinking. God told very well most of them up front, listen, you're going to plow the field and it's going to be hard. And they're not going to listen to you. He told Jeremiah, he said, listen, you go and you prophesy to them and they're not going to hear you. But you tell them exactly what I say. 
And time after time, uh, the writer of Hebrews says it this way, that God rose up early sending them prophets. He loved Israel. They, they are, according to the Scripture, the apple of His eye. Uh, he loved Israel because of a man named Abraham who put his trust and his faith in God Almighty. Uh, and God said unto him, He said, I've revealed myself unto you. He said it unto Moses even. He said, he said I've revealed myself unto you in a different way even than I did to Abraham. He said they were known and I was known as God Almighty. Uh, he revealed Himself unto Moses as I am that I am. And all the way down through Time. He had a special uh, connection with Israel. And, and that of all the nations on the face of this earth, uh, make no mistake about it, He chose them uh, to bear His name. Uh, if, uh, if, you, uh, if you love your Bible tonight, you really ought to think of Jew. And so He, he, he chose them to carry His Word. Uh, and, and, and for a while they would. Uh, and they would prosper. Uh, and then would come the time that they got to the place that uh, they simply stopped listening to what God said anymore. I want you to understand that tonight. Because of America, uh, we are in so great danger. I'm afraid that we don't see it because everything is continuing on like it has from generation to generation. Make no mistake about it tonight, God has indeed laid His hand on our nation. He has brought us up from nothing. Just a bunch of farmers fought off in 1776 the greatest army on the face of the earth. Uh, and for a while we, uh, we loved the Lord and we prospered much like His own uh, in the old days. But, uh, but much like Israel back then we uh, simply got and, and they, they were warned mind you, they were warned that, and God had told them and Moses told them uh, when you get to this land flowing with milk and honey uh, you're going to eat of vineyards that you planted not. Uh, you're going to uh, you're going to enjoy the blessings that you really didn't work for that I just gave to you. And I know that they still had to fight and take it and much like America had to fight and take our land. But God gave us this land. And God gave them that land. But over the course of time He would try to get their attention when they begin to drift too far. And He would send them prophets and they would preach and they would prophesy and the people People wouldn't hear. And so he, uh, he started. Uh, uh, God, I'm glad that God is, is not like man is tonight, that He is so long suffering. Uh, but if I could warn you tonight, there's a time that the long suffering of God will run out. Uh, there is simply a time uh, when the God of heaven, uh, the mercy will reach its max. Uh, and there's coming a day. Uh, there was coming a day in this time. And, and He tried to get their attention. He tried to woo them and draw them and speak good things to them. And they didn't hear. Uh, so then He started other things. He began to chastise them. He began to say what I read unto you in Amos. He began to withhold the rain. I know that we're used to going to the grocery store and getting anything that we want to eat, any kind of vegetables, but put yourself in that time. 
If there was no rain, there would be no harvest. If there was no harvest, there would be no food. If there was no food, there would be no family. You would be dead. And so they depended on the rain. And he said, I withheld the rain from places. And I withheld it so much that that two or three would have to leave your city and go to another city and get a drink of water. And he said, after all of that, you still didn't return to me, saith the Lord. He said, you planted things in your gardens and they sprouted up, but I caused the locusts to eat them. And when I did that, you still didn't return to me, saith the Lord. He said, I've done everything. He said, now... And now the time has come that you wouldn't listen to my preachers. You wouldn't listen to my prophets. He said, now there's only one more recourse of action to take. He said, now prepare to meet thy God. In other words, there's nothing more that can be done to get your attention. Do you realize how much... God has been trying to get the attention of some of you sitting here tonight. He sent you preachers. He sent you teachers. He sent you evangelists. He sent you pastors. He sent you messages. He's tried to take things from you. He's tried and tried and tried. And the only recourse, if you never listen, there's coming a time, every last one of us, we were going to have to prepare to meet the Lord. Now you can look at that a couple of different ways tonight. If you've been saved by God's grace, uh, there is no greater words uh, than I could say to you uh, than prepare to meet your God. I don't know about you. Uh, that thing excites me tonight uh, that I'm going to get to see Him. Uh, Brother Ethan preached one night up in Hart County uh, at his church in Revival about there's never been one like Jesus. Uh, brother, I've not forgotten that sermon. Uh, there's not another one like Him tonight. Uh, he's done stuff for me that no man could do for me. Uh, I mean, He's comforted me uh, when I was beyond comfort. Uh, he saved me uh, when I wasn't worth saving, he talks to me, preacher, does he? Yes, sir. Yes, he does. And I love his voice. And nothing brings me greater joy than to know there's coming a day I'm going to get the meeting. I listened to something Sister Janet said the other day, and I've listened to it half a dozen times. You can find it on my Facebook page if you want to listen to it. But but it's a it's just a it's a recording, if you will. And I assume it's a true story. If not, it's an awfully good parable. But he says in this, he was a lawyer, and he said he was up in Alaska working on a lawsuit, and and he was going back home. He was in a little of Alaskan island. There, way off the coast and he said he had a ticket in his hand to fly to Anchorage and from there he was coming back to the continental US he said there was a man in the airport that said I can save you some money and he said hi and he said I'm a pilot and I flew a little plane up here and I'd be glad to take you and your lawyer friend back to where you're going and so he said against every better judgment I had I got in that plane and he said we started and it looked good and it was shiny and at that that comforted me, he said. He said it fired right up. And we had prayer and we got on the runway and we sailed down the runway and we started climbing up in the air and we climbed and climbed. And he said it was smooth and it was wonderful. And he said about the time we got up as far as we could, we were through the clouds. He 
said, the pilot looked at me and he said, he said, we're in trouble. And he said, there's one thing that I cannot fly in and that's clouds. He said, they make me pass out. And about the time he said that, he said, the eyes rolled back in his head and the pilot passed out. And there he was flying him and his lawyer friend. Had no way to land that plane. And his friend said, we're going to die up here. And he said, yes, sir, there's a good chance. But he said, there was a radio. I'm going somewhere. You listen. And there was a radio there. And he said, you get on that microphone and you begin to cry for help. He said, we didn't know how to use proper radio etiquette during that. I said that to say this. A sinner friend, when you're praying for your salvation, you don't have to use the proper etiquette. You don't have to use great big words that you've heard men pray. You simply cry out that you need help from above. And so this man just got on the microphone and began to cry, Hello! Hello! And he said he did that for a while and suddenly there was a voice on the other end. And he said, Hello, who is this? And he said, Our pilot has passed out and we're, we're in danger. We're going to die up here. We're going to crash. We don't know how to do this. And the guy said, I can't help you. But he said, I know somebody that can. I can't help you tonight. But I know one that can. And so he, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to leave you. He said, I'm just going to circle so I don't get out of contact from your radio. He said, I'm just going to circle around. But he said, I'm going to get anchorage on the phone. I'm going to get their emergency responder on the phone. You just sat tight. And he said, about five minutes later, a voice come on the line. And he said, can you hear me? And the man said, yes, sir. He said, we're up here without a pilot and we're going to die. And the guy said, you listen, the first thing I need to do is find you. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. You keep that in mind. He said, it's amazing how disoriented you are in the clouds you can't see. He said, I couldn't see. But he said, all I could go by was that voice. And he said that voice was on the other end. And he was saying, I'm going to do everything I can. He said, it's my job tonight to get you home safe. And you listen to me tonight. Just like the other pilot, I might not can save you. But this church will not leave you. I will circle there. I will circle the altar. And you just cry out to the one who's on the other end. And that voice came back. And he said, it's my job to get you home. He said, I know you want to look outside. He said, "He said, let me be honest. In about four minutes, you're going to come up on a mountain. And if you stay on that course, you're going to crash right into that and burn. How can I tell you tonight, sinner friend, if you stay on your current course, you will crash and burn. There is no way around it. There is a mountain that's coming right at you. He said, we... He said, but I'm going to get you around it. He said, but there's one thing you must do. He said, what? He said, you listen to my voice. You listen to my voice. And you don't question anything that I'm telling you. He said, if you do that, he said, I promise you, if you don't look around, he said, I'll be honest, even after we get around the mountain, you've got about an hour and a half of weather before you get to Anchorage. And he said, you're going to be in for a long, hard trip. 
But he said, I promise you, you listen to me and obey my voice. And you don't look at the clouds and you don't look at the weather and we're going to get you home safe. What could he do? Sinner friend, you have no other choice tonight but to listen to the one who's speaking to your heart. He's trying to get you home. He's trying to get you there safe. He's trying to take you through the weather. He's trying to take you around the mountain. He's trying to take you around every obstacle that would push you. You must listen to His voice. Amen. He said, can you do that? He said, yes, sir. And he said, okay. And so they traveled along. And he said, we went. And we went through the weather. And the plane was rocking. And listen, church, uh, uh, this journey ain't always going to be easy. Uh, But bless your heart, I serve a God who can get us home safe. I went through stormy seas. When the apostles were out, They were out on the sea one time. The Bible said they were toiling and Jesus could see them. He wasn't in the ship with them. He stayed back on land. But He watched them in the dead of the night. That sea wasn't very big. It shouldn't have took them very long to cross. But they were hours into this journey and still just about halfway across. Three or four miles is all they had made it. But the Lord saw them and He come to them walking on the water. You listen to me tonight. I've been through some choppy waters. I've been through waves over my head. I've been pulled under by the riptide. Satan has left me for dead. But there is one that was always able, just like he did there, to reach forth his hand. We got through the choppy waters. You know what the Bible said? He said when Jesus, they received him into the ship, immediately they were at the other side. That quick. That quick. He makes all the difference in the world. That way. And so they said, we sailed through that weather. We flew through that weather. But he said, we still was in danger. He said, you see, it was dark. And it was night. And we still couldn't see a thing. But he said, all I could hear was that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. He said, now it's time to land. He said, I can see you, but you can't see me. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, we've lit up some lights at the end of the runway. You listen to this. He said, you know what? He said, the lights at the end of the runway. He said, they form a cross. He said, you look to the cross, and the cross is the way home tonight. I'm telling you, it is. It's the only way. He said, I saw the cross. He said, we headed down. I just flying straight for the cross. He said, it was all I had. That was that voice that was inside of me. That voice saying, stay with me. That voice saying, make your way to that cross. He said, and I did. He said, we landed that plane. And the airlines put us in a hotel. And he said, about 4 o'clock in the morning, a knock came on the door. And he said, I went and opened the door and I didn't know that man. But he called my name. He said, Ben. And he said, you're that voice. I'm telling you tonight, church, prepare to meet God. And nothing excites me more. He said, I opened up that door. And I heard him say my name. And I said, you're the voice. You're the voice. 
that got me home safe. I'm telling you, there's going to come a day I'm going to hear His voice one more time. There's going to come a day whichever angel He sends down to take me out of this life, there's going to come a day and He's going to say, just hear my voice and I'll get you there. I'm telling you, He's the only hope you have. What can you do? If you stay on that course, you're going to die. If you, listen, prepare, he said, to meet God. Prepare to meet God. I thought about the virgins in Matthew 25. Some were prepared and some were not prepared. They were all virgins. They were all there. Preacher, I go to church. That's not preparing to meet God. Preacher, I try to pray. I try to be good. I don't cuss. I don't drink. That's good. That's not being prepared to meet God. You must be born again. You must be. And so, those virgins, they slept one night, the Bible said. And it said about midnight. I don't know why, but it seems like midnight in the Bible is a sacred time. It was about midnight in the land of Egypt uh, when God called them out of Egypt. Uh, it was about midnight when that death angel passed by. It was about midnight uh, when all of the Hebrews and the only thing they had to stand between uh, them and death uh, was the blood of a spotless lamb. But they had, they had enough. Brother Ethan had preached one night and he was talking about a lamb you ever think about it? I've read it, and you've probably read it too, but how gentle they are. You know, when, when the man of the house went out and, and took a knife to that little lamb, you know what that lamb would do? He wouldn't even cry. That lamb just, most of the time, according to what you read, the little lamb would just lay his head over and begin to lick the hand that just slit his throat. You understand that's our lamb of God. That's the only thing that Jesus Christ tonight is the Lamb of God. He's the only thing that can keep death away from your door. He's the way home. He said, listen, that voice, he said, you do me one favor. He said, about that time, he said they had stopped the traffic in the air. Anchorage had grounded every flight. And he said, we had people on 737-47s, had people in big Boeing airplanes coming across the radio saying, Ben, we're praying for you. You're going to make it home tonight. Can I tell you, lost sinner, you've got help. You've got people praying for you to make it home safe. But there was nothing those other pilots could do except pray. And reach out to the men in that plane. And say we know we can't help you. But we want you to know we're praying for you. I can't help you tonight. But I want you to know we're praying for you to make it home safe. And just like that night. If you listen to that voice. That voice. You see there are a thousand voices. I know that. And I know that from experience. There are voices that get in your mind. And he said, if you listen to any voice but mine, you're going to die. That's the way it is. He said, but when I 
opened up the door and I heard him call my name. And when he said that, I thought there was a time outside of Golgotha, outside of a little garden tomb on a Lord's Day, when the Bible says a lady by the name of Mary Magdalene wept and she cried. Jesus Christ was the only one who ever loved her in her whole life. The only one who had ever gave her life any hope, any meaning. Everybody else looked at that harlot and they would wag their head. The Bible said, you can scoff at this, but the Bible said she was had seven devils in her at one time. That's what it says. But Jesus Christ was able to cast those devils out. They never came back. See, when a sinner gets saved, Ezekiel says that God sets a seal in your forehead. And he says that the day's going to come when the destroyers are going to come down to this land and they're going to go through the earth and begin to smite people down. But those with God's mark cannot be touched. And so Mary Magdalene could not be touched. But why was she weeping? Because the man that she loved with all her heart had died. She had watched his bloody frame she had watched him hang and bleed and die. She watched Jesus of Nazareth die. She was there when Joseph and Nicodemus buried him. So where else could she go? I know he's dead, but she wanted to be near him. She went to his tomb and she wept. And then she saw who she thought was a gardener. And the Bible said, she said, just tell me where you took him. Tell me where his body's at. And I'll take care of him. She didn't know that that was Jesus of Nazareth. He had become hidden and disguised from her. But she recognized him by one sign. What was that sign? He spoke her name. That's all he had to say. As she said, tell me where you took his body and I'll take him away. And he said, Mary. That's all he said. What's so special about that? Nobody could say her name like he said her name. When he said Mary, her eyes got big as saucers. And she said, Rabboni, Master, it's you. You're alive. That pilot said, I opened that door and there stood a stranger. But he spoke my name. He said, me. And I said, it's you. You're the voice. You know what the guy said? He said, I want to thank you for listening to my voice. He said, you don't know how many I've watched die because they listen to every other voice but mine. You don't know how many of these people I've watched crash and burn because they looked at the cloud and because they looked at the storm and they would not obey my voice. You know, when the Lord showed him before he was crucified, you know what he did? He went up and he got on a mountaintop and he looked out over Jerusalem and he wept. He wept. Why did he weep? Because they would not listen to his voice. He said, if you had only known, 
I wanted to help you. He said, if you had only known, I would have gathered you up as a hen gathers her chicks, and you would not. Listen to my voice, he said. He said, Mary, and she said, Rabboni, I'm glad he can speak. But there's coming a day when I'll meet the one. I know his voice. I've never seen his face. But I know his voice. And when his voice calls out to me behind the glory curtain, I'll know exactly who I'm speaking to. Because I know him. And he's going to get me home safe. But back to those virgins, some were prepared, and they, the Bible said at midnight. You understand? Let me, let me just take my time. Sorry, I don't want to go long, but I don't want to rush. You know, let me just take you back just for a little bit. You know, the marriage and. And that day was different than our marriage is today. They took it serious. They had a betrothal period. In that culture, in that time, when a man married, they would send out the bridegroom. The bridegroom would have a best man. The best man would go with the bridegroom. They would go. They would get betrothed. He would have a betrothal ceremony. He would kill his sweetheart. I'm going to go away for a while. I'm going to go back to my father's house. I'm going to prepare you a place so that you can come and live with us. I'm going to go build it right on the side of daddy's house, right on my father's house. And he said, there's coming a day and you don't know when that's going to be. And your friends don't know when that's going to be. But you be ready and the day is going to come. You're going to lift up your eyes and you're going to see the bridegroom and you're going to see the best man and we're going to be making our journey to your place. And so... That's what he was talking about. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. I've heard people say, if God tarries, God ain't going to tarry. He's going to come when He comes. His calendar is already set. I'm not privy to that, neither are you. I don't know the day nor the hour. But He's coming. He's not going to tarry. But when He comes, He's going to come and we're going to rejoice because it's going to be the time that we go meet the bridegroom. It's going to be the time where you're either prepared to meet Him or you're not. And so those virgins rose up. All ten of them rose up when the call came at midnight that He's came and that He that has waited so long, He's finally came and they got up and they headed out to meet Him. But five had oil with their lamps. A lamp ain't any good without the oil. The oil represents the Spirit. And so they had that. And they went out to meet Him. But on the journey there, the other five said, we don't have that. Give us some of yours. And they said, we can't. Bless there be not enough for me. Listen to me. I just got enough for me. I don't have any extra to give to you. You've got to go to Him that says and get that for yourself. And they, they ran out to meet Him. And they said, give us some oil. And they said, we can't. We can't. And the door was shut. And I thought different times how sad that is. Listen, prepare, he said. Just prepare to meet thy God. He said, I've sent you everything. 
I gave you good times. I've brought you out of bondage. I've led you through a waste-howling wilderness. I've delivered you. Do you remember, he said, in Egypt land, all the plagues that I put upon Pharaoh, all of that you saw with your eyes? He said, I've since then begun to put those plagues onto you, yet you have not returned to me. I sent the locust and the palmer worm, the canker worm. They ate up your garden. You have not returned to me. I, I withheld the rain from you thinking surely that would get your attention. I'll be honest tonight at Lafayette Missionary Baptist Church or the United States of America wherever this broadcast goes out. And let me ask you, what more did God do to get your attention than what He's already done? We're a few years... We're a few years into something nobody alive had ever seen before. We're a few years into a plague. He said, I sent pestilence and plagues, and yet you return not to me. Uh, we've watched our friends die. Uh, we've watched hospitals fill up. Uh, we've watched the destroyer come down. Yet you still have not repented. What more is he going to have to do? You see, there's coming a time when there's coming a time when the only other course of action. I can remember getting in trouble with Daddy when I was little. I can remember not wanting to see him. I thought about how Adam, there was a time in creation when God would just come and talk with Adam in the cool of the day. And there was a time when Adam rejoiced when he would hear God walking. But then there was a time when Adam sinned. And suddenly he didn't want to see God anymore. And that's the way it is when God reveals to us you're lost. There were times I knew I'd done wrong and I'd rather seen anybody in the world except that. There were times that see other people you might could talk your way out of it but with daddy you couldn't. Daddy would say we could push mom a little farther but daddy would say this ain't your mother. And you knew he meant it. You see the problem with children today. I've watched it. They, you can't discipline them. Uh, they know that uh, teachers and school bus they know you can't touch them. Uh, they know there's no recourse for their actions. They know, and so it's increasingly difficult for God to grab the attention of His church or the lost that we are missing and lacking conviction in our churches because nobody listens to that voice Amen. anymore. And all that voice is trying to do is get you home safe. He don't want you to crash and burn. But that voice, on this side of eternity uh, that you're so scared of. I mean to tell you tonight, fear God, yes, uh, but you don't need to be scared of that voice when He's drawing you. If He's drawing you, He loves you. He's not going to uh, whip you. He's going to save you. Amen. Listen to that voice. On this side of eternity. See, I knew once, once I met that, Things were going to be different. And so, there's coming a time when the only recourse for action is going to be judgment. When you won't listen to that voice, when you, when you say, I'll just crash, you realize that's what you're saying to God tonight. You realize 
You're saying, God, I know you made a way. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under the hand of two or three witnesses. Without mercy they died. How much sorer punishment do you think he shall be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the blood of the Son of God and done despite to the Spirit of His grace? You realize tonight, sinner friends, you listen to me. Sometimes I preach hard to you. Let me just talk to you a minute. Not preaching. Not a preaching voice. Let me just talk to you. You realize you realize what happens when you die lost. You realize that you realize that hell is a real place. You realize that it's hot. You realize that there's no I saw something today that said there's no light there because God's light. There's no love there because God's love. And there's no altars there. And there's no revivals there. There's no repentance there. There's no blood there. There's no Bible there. But whatever goes there does not come out. You realize what happens to you when you die lost. Why? Why won't you just listen to that voice that's called you, called you, called you time and time and time again, saying if you listen to my voice and obey my voice, I'm going to get you home safe. I'm going home. I love life. God has blessed me with blessings untold. But can I, can I say to you, the, the prospect every once in a while, when I've seen all the drug addicts, and I've seen all the cancer, and I've seen all the graveyards, and I've seen all the women weeping over their husbands, and I've seen mamas and daddies weeping over their children. You know what excites me? The prospect of standing before that man who spoke that voice in my heart years ago to stand before him. As we sang when he wipes all tears away, and he tells me exactly what Moses told the Hebrews. You'll never, ever have to see Pharaoh again. His army is dead at the sea. See, in that day, Babylon is fallen. I love to preach. He called me to preach. But somehow or another, the prospect of every Saturday night not laying awake worrying if it's going to be okay Sunday morning. Amen. Getting up on Sunday morning and praying, God, how am, I going to, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. God, give me something to preach. And then when He does, you say, oh Lord, not that. Somehow or another. Somehow or another. The prospect one day of preaching the last time. Let me ask you, what if this is the last night? Listen to his voice. You're going to crash in heaven. There's a mountain in front of you. You cannot get around it. But he said, just listen to my voice. 
And I'll get you there, son. Sinner friend tonight, is He dealing with you? He wants to get you home. That's where I'm going. This land, as much as I love it, is not my home. I'm just passing through. My home, I said the other day, I don't remember my grand Anthony remembers granddaddy more than I do. Remembers Paul more than I do. I don't. There's going to come a day I'm going to talk to him. He's going to match me step for step. I've watched people die. Brother Ronnie was talking about those friends he went and saw today using a walk. See there, there'll be none of that. They'll match us step for step. We can tell them how we've missed them. I want to meet the man behind the voice. I want to meet that. You remember what he said? Listen to what that voice said and I'm done. The cross is the way home. I want to meet that Redeemer. I want to meet that One who was crucified and bled and died for my sin. I want to meet Him. I want to meet Him in all of His glory. I want to meet Him like John saw Him. With head, a white like wool in His eyes as a flame of fire. John said His voice was the sound of many waters. I've heard that voice. There's a song when He says when He's dealing with you, He was speaking intently. For the night that He was dealing with my heart, I'm telling you, He was speaking intently. When He called me to preach, He was speaking intently. Is He speaking intently to you? Listen to that voice. The cross is the way home. Jesus is the answer. He is the voice. And listen, you've got every voice. The devil's putting every voice in your head. It would be so silly for you to crash and burn tonight, die lost and end up in hellfire because you just didn't obey the voice of God. Right. Prepare to meet thy God. This ain't exactly, matter of fact, it ain't nothing like I thought I'd preach it, but it's alright. It worked, I guess. There's a song. I think it's 278. I don't know if you know that song in the gray book or not, but it's prepare to meet thy God. Tonight, John, John the Baptist came to prepare a people to meet the Lord. That's all God's preachers do tonight. It's all the church. We're trying to prepare a people. You see, there is a day coming. Job said, God, you will call and I will answer. There is a call coming for you. You will answer. And it's a call to stand before God. I said somewhere the other day, you can get your deacons and your pastor and your preacher friends to stand as a character witness for you before judges on this earth. When you stand before that judge, you won't have any character witnesses. The man of God will not be there beside you. You better prepare to stand before Him by yourself. And you're going to give Him an account of every idle thought you've ever thought. Every idle word you ever say. You're going to meet Him. It's far better to meet Him here first. Far better. Prepare to meet thy God. Get us all.